You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How many bees is a swarm? Is two a swarm or three? Whatever. How many does it have to be? And I feel like seven. It's Mike Shope. How many, how many times do you have to be stung to have been swarmed? And I was like, dude, I got swarmed. I got stung only once, but I was swarmed. And the bulldog. You insist you were swarmed. There were bees, man. Like, plural. Big, lots of S's. Lots of E's and S's. Bees. <laughs> that, was, that was not bees. fun. Bees. <laughs> right. That was not fun. On WGR. Hey, man, that kind of hurt. Sports Radio 550. I like introducing Mark Schofield almost as much as I like talking to him. Uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, it is getting yachty. I'm going to say it every time until you tell me to stop. This is a man who does not need to have explained to him who Gino Vanelli is. Mark <laughs> Schofield, SB Nation. At least I'm assuming that, Mark. Am I giving you too much credit? You are not giving me too much credit, my friend. And it is always great to be with you. It's always great to get the introductions. And it's just always great to talk with you guys. How are you guys yes, doing? Yes, thank you, Mark. We're, we're, we're doing okay. You know, sh- shaking off the uh, disappointment, uh, I guess. Right, we're in off-season mode over here. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, hey, I've been, in, as a Patriots fan, I've been off, in off-season mode since roughly around Thanksgiving. So, welcome aboard. It's fun in off-season <laughs> mode sometimes. It can be. It seems like this Bill's off-season will be, I don't know, they're all interesting, I guess, but, um, you know, how much is there to fix, Mark? Last year, the takeaways seemed to be, well, they're great, they just lost. Um, this year, is it the same thing? I mean, I think it's similar. I certainly think that there are areas that this roster can address this off-season, you know, making sure you have the offensive line set, the best five in front of Josh Allen is certainly up there. I do think at some point add in a receiver across from Stephon Diggs. You know, and it's not the best free agency class. It's an interesting draft class at receiver, but there might be a lot of sort of receiver two options in this draft, even early in this draft, that I think would make a lot of sense for Buffalo. You know, nibbling around the edges at some other positions, adding depth, things like that are probably on the table for this organization. But I don't think there's a lot that needs to be fixed. I think a healthy Josh Allen you know, for the entire season, you know, might be the biggest thing that this team needs going forward because I do think that the elbow injury certainly played a role down the stretch. He's still a fantastic quarterback, but, you know, even a little bit of a loss of velocity here and there sometimes makes a difference. And I think you did see that, particularly in the game against Cincinnati. But it's not a situation where there's lots that needs to be done. They're still in a very good position. The toughest thing ahead of them might just be the fact that the AFC is good. The AFC is deep. You know, we're seeing, and as we sort of got with the news today, you know, the balance of power has shifted now to the AFC, and it's going to be a tough conference to compete in over the next couple of years as a result. Yeah, they, they don't. I agree they don't have a long list. You really hit it. Like the, the line and, and a receiver, you know, or a receiver in the line, however you want to prioritize it. Um, the, the bigger question might be, Mark, like where do they find the money to address those needs uh, when we're looking at, Poyer, a free agent, Edmonds, a free agent. There are others, but those are the two that are, you know, 
and you know in no particular order impactful important players to that defense that both on the open market i mean poyer's 32 so that that could temper what he finds on the open market i think it's the main reason the bills didn't do something with him last off season or even during this season but but Edmonds is 25 and he matters a lot in the middle there and he could be looking at a huge contract and i don't know where they're going to find the money yeah, I mean, obviously that's a big question. Even with the increase in the salary cap, the bump we're seeing to next year, the, what, $225 million, they're still projected, you know, going to be over it right now. I mean, I think there are some things that they can do. I mean, you could do a sort of an Allen restructure. Sure. You could do, you know, a, a Stephon Diggs restructure. There are ways they can move some money around, but there might be some difficult decisions. The poor one's interesting because for years, look, you know, Hyde and Poyer, perhaps the best safety tandem in the NFL. It's hard to, you know, imagine breaking that up, you know, maybe because, like you said, of his, of his age there, it might temper what he gets on the market. The Edmonds one is certainly interesting. You know, perhaps if they can sort of do some financial things going into the offseason to put themselves in a better position financially, they'll be able to get a deal with him done. But I think those are the two ones that jump out. This has been a smart organization financially. You know, Brandon Bean has done a very good job over the years, and I'm sure that looking at it right now, he's going to find a way to get things done, and it might start with his quarterback. One thing, and you've already you've already discussed it here with us, Mark, that seems evident on the on the heels of this season, in particular the loss of the Bengals, is that a lot of draft capital being spent on edge rushers and the defensive line overall didn't really accomplish for them in the end, what they meant for it to. Uh, I mean, there, there are good players, and they've had good moments, but like they drafted that position after losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs two years ago, and this season ends with a loss against the Bengals team where Joe Burrow really was kind of just free and easy to do what he wanted in the pocket. Then the next week, he goes to Kansas City, and they're all over him. So, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's fair to sort of scrutinize that and at least hope that I mean, at least if you're me, <laughs> hope that they don't do more of the same in the draft. Right. I think that's a very fair take. And what's interesting about the difference between the Bengals in the divisional round and then the AFC Championship game is in both games, Burrow got the ball out quickly. You know, he got the ball out quickly in both games, but in one game he was under pressure a lot, you know, by the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chris Jones gets his two, first two preseason, I mean, postseason sacks, excuse me. And the other one, it seemed like Buffalo couldn't really get any pressure on him. And like you said, he was free and easy back there. It was like being on the yacht with the music playing. He had all the time in the world in the pocket. And so, you know, do you wonder, okay, is this a Buffalo problem? Is this something they need to address? Was it the weather? You know, a lot of people sometimes say, look, playing in the snow is a quarterback's best friend because a pass rush can't get home. Maybe there is something of that to be said. Is it a, a window to maybe at some point in this draft addressing the position again? You know, it's certainly something to consider because, like you said, they put a lot into pass rushers. And, you know, look, a healthy Vaughn Miller, maybe that would have been the difference. You know, that could have played a huge role as well. But getting consistent pressure up front, I think, is something that this organization is going to need to think about in this offseason and headed into next year. With Mark Schofield, SB Nation, any thoughts on Allen at this point of his career, Mark? I mean, I'm definitely not a QB wins guy. But you do look at the board now and see Mahomes in a third Super Bowl already and Burrow to two championship games, and they've, they've both been successful against Allen and the Bills in the playoffs. Man, 10 points in that last game. I, I, I want to be careful not to make just all the excuses for him 
um, throughout the offseason with, oh, the pass protection and running game and wide receiver depth, or even Stephon Diggs, for that matter. I mean, the season ends and Diggs is throwing a tantrum on the sideline about not getting the ball. So where do you stand on Allen here as he now shoots up in terms of salary uh, out of his rookie deal? Right, and this is going to be – this is always sort of a pivotal point in young quarterback contract world, right? If they're out of the rookie deal, now it's into the second contract. They've shown that the team can win and they can be successful with them on that rookie deal, but now is where you expect them to be in that position to – what's the phrase? Elevate the team around them or raise the level of play and things like that. I firmly believe that Josh Allen is capable of that. You know, I, I have watching his development from where he was at Wyoming – and, you know, the way he's developed into the National Football League, the way he made people look like me, you know, look like idiots with the way he's developed has been extremely impressive. I think there was a lot going on with this team. I mean, I, I think this entire Bills season needs a lot of context with, you know, coming off of the 13 seconds game, you know, last season, you know, with the injury to Allen, with everything that has happened around this organization this season. I, I think it's fair to put it all that context together and say, you know, this was a team that had high expectations. They didn't quite come together, but it's still an extremely talented team. But we just sort of went through the list of what needs to be done. Not much. Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. He's one of the elites in this league. And he's one of the elites in this league because of the work that he's put in from those days at Wyoming. And so I have every expectation that this Bills team is going to be in the mix next year. I think ultimately, it's like we just said a few minutes ago, the AFC is very good. The conference is very deep. You have a lot of talented teams. You have a lot of quarterbacks that are very good. It's going to be tough in the next couple of years to make a run out of this conference because of the depth of talent in the AFC at large. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks, I mean, they were it was already stacked after last offseason. Now Lawrence has kind of, I think, arrived, right? Herbert's got a new coordinator. Russell Wilson has a new head coach, and it's Sean Payton, by the way. So, like, may, maybe some things just the Raiders will have a different guy, and we'll see who that ends up being, whether that's actually better than Derek Carr or not. But it really – I heard our morning guys today, Mark, talking about the difference between – the AFC and the NFC, which was stark already last year with, like, Brady and Rodgers kind of being the kingpins of the conference. And, like, I know Hurts is an MVP finalist, so you've got him. And after that, if with Brady gone, and if Rodgers, who knows? Like, if he goes to the AFC, let's just say hypothetically, who are your quarterbacks in the NFC? I mean, it's it's it, it's the two guys I just mentioned. As, and Murray's hurt. Who's going to play in San Francisco? And you're just sort of wandering around looking for, for, for top-shelf QBs. They're all in the AFC. Yeah, they are. I mean, imagine a world where Aaron Rodgers follows his predecessor's path to New York and he's suddenly the quarterback of the Jets. I mean, that's a very plausible scenario. And let's not forget, we're getting into mock draft season right now. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Houston and Indianapolis, those are the two teams that are most <laughs> you know, commonly linked to them. Now, rookie quarterbacks don't always pan out, but say one of them does and becomes a quarterback people are excited about. And look in the NFC. I mean, do we start saying, hey, Jared Goff is perhaps one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC? That's an interesting world to live in. So, you know, the arms race at the quarterback position in the National Football League has shifted heavily in the favor of the AFC. Now, there might be some moves, you know, does Lamar Jackson end up in the NFC? Does Garoppolo stay in the NFC? You know, some things like that could happen, but certainly the balance of power has shifted to the AFC, which makes it difficult for teams to compete. I mean, 
you come out of the AFC and make it to a Super Bowl, you've done something pretty good right now. Are you at all surprised the Chiefs got there this year with, I mean, if you want to go back to Tyreek Hill being traded, you can, but you know, even through the year, they, they really deserve a lot of credit, and they get it, but just this is another season where it didn't look like it was coming easy to Kansas City, and yet they get by Jacksonville. That was a competitive game. This game Sunday, I mean, they easily could have lost it, but here they are. Yeah, I mean, it's one heck of an effort to get out of the AFC like we just talked about, and this wasn't like an easy road for them. I mean, this was a team that you know, went to overtime against Houston in the regular season. And, yeah. you know, that's just one week, but it's another example of, you know, the road that they faced getting there. And certainly you go back to the summer and Tyreek moving to Miami and the questions about, you know, how are they going to generate offense? How are they going to generate explosive plays? And having Patrick Mahomes certainly helps. Having Travis Kelsey certainly helps. You know, two of the best of the position. You know, they're certainly walking into a situation where you might say the Eagles are perhaps some better, more complete team with different ways that they can beat you. But the Chiefs might have an advantage of two positions, tight end and quarterback. And in this game, those might be two pretty big positions to have an advantage at. But, you know, credit to Andy Reid, credit to that coaching staff, Spagnuolo and the enemy and everybody aboard to get this team back to the Super Bowl. Wasn't an easy run, but they're back. And now they get a shot to win it again, which is an impressive effort. Mark, what do you think happens with uh, the Ravens? Like, the report is, and this is not a surprise, I would say, that they'll franchise tag Lamar Jackson. Like, is, Does that situation seem repairable? It certainly, you're not getting the warm and fuzzies about it, are you? I mean, <laughs> I, all season long, I've been saying, oh, no, no, it's going to be fine. Lamar's going to be fine. He knows that, they've, that they want him there, and they've sort of structured the offense roster-wise, conceptually around what he does. And, you know, the Ravens, if they've done this for Lamar, it's obvious that they – you know, want to back and view him as a big part. Now we're talking franchise tags. It does seem like it's sort of spinning in the wrong direction between quarterback and team. Now maybe they put the tag on him and then they just have that window to sort of get a longer-term deal done and they finally do that. But the warm and fuzzies aren't, you know, coming to the forefront when you think about Lamar and the Ravens right now. And the fact that we're even entertaining the idea that he might end up somewhere else makes us sort of understand that look, this might be one of those situations where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe that relationship is a bit more fractured than we really think. And, you know, now they're moving in a different direction, an offensive coordinator. Maybe that will sort of repair things because there was a lot of talk that maybe the sort of relationship between Lamar and the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, you know, it wasn't quite working. It sort of reached a plateau and they need a new voice there. Maybe that helps repair things a bit, but, it seems a little bit different than it was last year when I was convinced that they were going to find a way to get a long-term deal done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have have we heard anything about him being involved, Jackson being involved in their search for that new coordinator? Yes. Because that, that would be a big clue. Yes, I think yeah, I they mean, did say that. I, I think I heard, I've heard some reports. I think there's been some reported that they want his voice to be a part of that, Yeah, which, is again, might maybe it's a sign that, look, everything's really fine. Maybe that's an olive branch. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I think the fact that they've, there's at least an idea that he's going to have some input there is a big sign that, okay, maybe, maybe it does end up patched up between the parties and they get a long-term deal done. You know, because obviously he's an extremely talented quarterback, and as we just talked about, you need something like that in the AFC right now. So I would think Baltimore would want to get this done, but I've been saying that for now six months. So <laughs> I need to see it. 
Mark, you know uh, you know your Patriots very well. What's ahead for them? Like, is Mac Jones their quarterback week one? I mean, I think yes, but it's it's not a year where you're just going to ne- necessarily want to see him, you know, to the end. I wonder what their confidence level in him is. Right. I I, I think it's a, I've I've used this sort of phrase before. You know, yes, he's their starter quarterback week one. Is there is he their starter in week eight? Is he their starter in week twelve? If healthy, I think that's the bigger question right now because this is year three. Bills fans know year three. It's kind of the make or break year, right? It's the old Bill Walsh. He always would say quarterback third year. That's when you either figure it out or you don't. Um, we've seen quarterbacks not named Josh Allen, others, Jalen Hurts, who's in this year's Super Bowl, have that sort of year three leap. Is this the season he puts it together? They've they've got positions they need to address. Receiver, you know, they got to figure out offensive line. You know, they might have to take a look at the secondary and some other positions. But the biggest question facing them is Mac Jones. Do they finally have stability around him from a coaching standpoint? Bill O'Brien, the hire of Bill O'Brien, there's obviously a, a, you know, a bit of a relationship there. They worked a little bit together when O'Brien was hired by Alabama. Mac Jones reportedly taught him the offense. So, you know, it seems like that was the move made to, all right, let's get that relationship, that relationship between the young quarterback and the offensive coordinator in place. But, it's a make-or-break year for Mac Jones. I, th- I think he's the starter of week one. I don't know about weeks four and beyond. I mean, I, I think he needs to show that he can be this team's quarterback. Otherwise, they're going to have to dip into the quarterback market again next offseason. You, you, you weren't trolling Bulldog, by the way, when you mentioned Walsh, right? No, no, not okay. at all. B- Bulldog's notorious Bill Walsh basher. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was just, you know, slipping that in there. Was, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, That's cool. Um, I I'm I'm totally losing where I was. Oh no, O'Brien, I, I'm inclined to respect that hire. I, I know he kind of became a punchline in Houston. The trades, like he just got power crazy and just you know just went. I think maybe a little nuts uh, at the end there in Houston. But um, and there's the you know Belichick reaching into the past again, and you know so you you can you know shoot shoot your shoot your holes in it if you want. Um, but I, I feel like O'Brien's a respectable hire there for them. Yeah, as an offensive coordinator, sure. If, if yeah. they start letting them make roster decisions and, you know, let them call a shot on trades and things like that, like you did with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, then it could sort right. of spin wildly out of control. And, and yes, look, as, as we've seen over the past couple of years, this the idea that, you know, Belichick has sort of turned to people that he knows, Patricia and Judge this past offseason, you know, obviously bringing Gerard Mayo back, you know, because he was inter- potentially going to interview the head coaching jobs, but you know they're working on a new role for him, maybe an assistant head coach type of type of title as well. You know, there's always that with Belichick because he does seem to have sort of Bill Belichick circle of trust. But in terms of an offensive coordinator hire, I do think this makes a lot of sense for New England. There's that familiarity between O'Brien and Mac Jones. There's a history in New England, and he did some very good things as an offensive coordinator. As long as they don't let him, you know, call a shot mm-hmm. on trades, I think this could work out. Very good, Mark. Uh, I guess one Tom Brady question is uh, appropriate, and we can end on it. Do you believe him this time? I do, although I think my days of predicting Tom Brady moves are in the rearview mirror because I wrote two weeks ago that, you know, even if he loses to the Cowboys, he's coming back next year. I mean, this isn't how it ends. And then, you know, Brady makes me look a little foolish today. So I'm inclined to believe him here now. In talking to some people around the Buccaneers over the past couple of days, I get the sense that this is where it was headed. 
you know, I had that sense going into this morning to the announcement that they didn't really surprise me. He struggled to keep weight on this year. It certainly seemed when he was playing that he was shying away from contact more than we had seen in years past. Didn't seem comfortable, didn't want to take hits, which, again, as a, somebody that's a couple of months older than Tom Brady, I get it. I wouldn't <laughs> want to get hit. I mean, I understand that. Um, you know, so I do think that could he still play? Yes. I, I, I think there was a part of me that thought, oh, Brady's going to look at all the people saying that he's done and say, no, 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 I'm going to prove you wrong again. But really, what does he have left to prove? So I, I think in an ideal world, it would have ended after Super Bowl 53 or even the Super Bowl down in Tampa Bay the first year he was down there. But he took farther time the distance. And he said he always wanted to play until he was 45. He did that. He's going out not on the best note, but he showed this year that he could still play. And I think this is probably as good a time as he's going to get to hand him up. I agree. Thank you, Mark. Any questions for us? Um, how are you guys doing? We're getting into draft season. You guys getting a little excited about draft season? Tiny bit? I uh, Sabres look good. Sabres yeah. look good. How, how about that? Yes. Yeah, that, 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 you, yeah, I'll perk up. The, I, I, look, I'll, I do love – the draft is, is, is a lot of fun to invest – you know, time and energy into, uh, but I, I'm sort of where we let off at, which is I'm still sort of for the, for the first time ever, Mark, watching the AFC Championship game on Sunday, I, I I felt like compelled to turn it off. I was so mad, and I've never felt like that. Like people say that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, I couldn't even watch it. I was so pissed off about the bill. I actually was that. I felt that. I I stayed with it, but so I'm still I'm still digging out a little bit. Yeah, you'll get there. But, hey, Tage looks great. Sabres look good. So there's that, right? Will the Sabres still be in action by the by the NFL draft? Uh, that'd be, like, end of the first round. So um, let's hope. I think there's a good shot. That There's me, a good shot for that. Me yeah. too. I agree. Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure. Thanks, my friends. Be well. Have a great week. All right. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On Twitter, at Mark Schofield. How about that? He got that. The Bills and the offseason. What do you want? What do you... What are you? What are you afraid of, <laughs> if anything, from this uh, off season just underway here for the Bills? Eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll talk some Sabers too. Uh, Sal Capaccio at five. Paul Hamilton at the top of the pregame show at six thirty. TNT. So later start. Choose Love Night to start Black History Month. The Sabers 
uh, tonight, February 1st, home to Carolina. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, after, back after sports here on WGR. He's been throwing a lifeline with Sean Payton being his head coach. And I'm pretty sure Sean Payton has watched film on Russell Wilson and felt, you know what, I can help this guy uh, and he can help me. So with that being said, uh, there's a lot of work to be done here, especially on the offensive side of the football, because their defense is legit. They are a playoff defense. Uh, Their problem was uh, they were very inconsistent offensively, and it started with the quarterback. Oh, he, he had me. Herman Edwards, he had me until he used that word, inconsistent. No team was more consistent on offense this year than Denver. They are the opposite of inconsistent. They were always terrible. Like it was, they were what, what? Three and nine, and it was, oh, if they'd only scored 20 points a game, they'd be 12 and 0 or something. Like that was pretty damn consistent. But you, know, you, you know. had a couple of good halves, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. That's okay. That's what you can do. Yeah. Not, they were not inconsistent. They were awful. Yeah. That's what you mean. They were awful. Say it. Come on, just say it. They don't want to be, try so hard to be nice. I guess it's a good trait. I don't know. It's how you keep your job, right? At that level, yeah. If Herman Edwards just went off on, like, you got to be kidding me with Russell Wilson. Did you see their games? Like, just it's so over. <laughs> that would be that would be incredible. Let's go to Ian here. Hi, Ian. No, he just dropped off. Like that was the shortest call we've ever taken. Ten thousand shows. It was bound to happen. <laughs> the new the new record for shortest call. I don't think I would want to put my name on Russell Wilson is terrible. He was terrible last year. Uh, but, I, you know, I, 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 I think that there's a chance, maybe even a decent chance, that Peyton can really help him and they can really make something work there. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of circling back to Herman Edwards. Yes. Like, I don't know how much harder I, I would want to go, you know, even on this platform, let alone that, that one. Um, at at Wilson, I mean, he was bad. There's no question about it. But it he's he's got a good new he's got a very good new coach, and we'll see. Um, I I might sooner put my name on Aaron Rodgers is finished than I would Ooh. Russell Wilson. Ooh, exciting! Like Rod Rodgers, did you watch him play this year? Like he was not good, man. Like he, there were a lot of balls at guys' feet and. Like I know the receivers, and you got to get them more help, and all this sort of stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I, I I've thought this. Like I've, I've said this about him before, and it was too early to say it. But I think you know what I'm about to say. Like Brady, the guy who just retired today at age 45, has sort of skewed. I think uh, what's a realistic expectation for how good these guys should be to what age? And it's possible Rogers is more like a normal guy than he is Brady. And maybe he's done. Maybe he is. He hasn't three. He threw for the fewest yards of his career in a full year. He had a couple of years where he played like six games or nine games, two different times, and of course the, that that held down the numbers. But even with seventeen games this year, worst yardage, and only twenty six touchdowns. I know only twenty six touchdowns. He only had he had twenty six one other full season and twenty five another full season. Other than that, it's always been you know it's been like kind of eye popping numbers. I I don't know. I think whoever if somebody makes a move for him if he wants to keep going, they might be getting Russell Wilson, like at least from last year. 
I agree with all this. So I, I'm I'm intrigued by like go ahead Jets, go ahead I, and I know all right, cold takes exposed or whatever it's called. I, I, maybe he'll be great again. They've got a lot of talent there, and you know it's New York and great. I, I just I think he might be he might be shot. That's the he looked the, shot a lot this year to me. Okay, that must win game at the end of the year against Detroit. Like. I know Detroit was a cool story and a fun story, but it's mostly because their offense was crazy good. You should be able to score on that team, and he just kept throwing it to that one safety. I missed that game for some reason. No, I can't tell you why. <laughs> I not what I know. All I know is he looked bad. Herman Edwards will never have to worry about cold takes exposed this way. Just you know, mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there. That's why that account is so bad. I just like. What are we all supposed to do? Say nothing and just not exist? Would that be better? Sure. Like people are in the business of having opinions and they shouldn't have them or else they they deserve to be embarrassed for them and that's how it's supposed that's that's the premise. Yeah, cool. Really cool. Original. Here's Ian is going to try it again. So Ian, you're already in the books for the shortest call ever. <laughs> uh this will go better, I'm sure. Yeah. Sorry, I, I live like in the middle of the boondocks out by Verysburg. Phone calls go in and out all the time. Okay. Um, my, my call is only really about like the offseason and, and hopes. Like Since the divisional round has ended, you know, all we've heard is everyone's thoughts on either whether coaching staff or player you know, deficiencies, whatever it was. And my hope is that we, we make the moves on defense to understand that our defense is secondary to our offense because – for the most part, the games when we need we need to win, it's our offense we're relying on. Our defense has let us down in big games more than they have came through for us. So I'd like to see Tremaine go, unfortunately, but I'd like to see us invest more into our secondary receivers because Josh, he, he, he can't carry this team. And I'll hang up listen to see what you think or your thoughts are on that. Thanks. Okay. Uh, I'm 100% here for it. I mean, I, I'd like to keep – uh, as many pieces on that defense together as I can, but I'm not interested in paying Tremaine Edmonds fifteen million dollars a year. Uh, at this, I, I'm just not. I just I, I'm not. I don't know that I I'd be interested in paying almost any linebacker that doesn't sack the quarterback fifteen times a season fifteen million dollars uh, a year. So um, wh- whatever they got to do to get another piece that matters on that offense, or maybe even two. Uh, that's what they. That's where I think they need to be at, as far as like resources and getting it together. And it, it, you know, it's easy to say now. It's kind of a, a, a shame they didn't do it sooner, because they they kind of just got by with pretty much like average guys aside from Diggs. I agree with that too. Thanks, Ian. Here's Mike next. Hi, Mike. Hey guys. Um, you, you mentioned earlier what what your fear was of the year. And, and my fear is that we're going to get another regression from Leslie Frazier. You know, people blamed him last year for the 13 seconds. We they ended up firing the uh, special teams coach because he didn't squib kick. But people forget that at halftime of the Kansas City game this year, there's 12 seconds left. And they got the ball on their 28-yard line. And they still got a field goal. So it, the guy just doesn't learn. I mean, I look at how many times this year McDermott called timeout on defense. I think 
more than any coach I've ever seen calling timeout on defense. And was it because the defensive scheme wasn't what it was supposed to be? I don't know, but I'm just, I'm so worried. I'm worried that McDermott and Frazier are going to continue to, to try to keep a guy like Edmonds. To, I mean, I'm not sure why they would want to extend and, and do the fifth year on Ed Oliver, for God's sakes. I mean, eight and a half million dollars for what he produced the second half of the year just makes no sense to me. We need to build on the offense. We need somebody new on this defense defense as a coordinator to figure out how to handle 12 and 13 seconds uh, when the team's on its own 25 or 28 yard line. Makes no sense. Thanks, Mike. I'm I'm with you on on the Frazier point. Like I, I I've said for all the worrying that you get about the play calling on offense um i i much would prefer they make a change at defensive coordinator than offensive coordinator i think dorsey can sort of he i i know it's it sounds parroting what bean said but he was new at it and maybe he'll get better at it and you get another couple pieces and learn from the mistakes maybe that you made if you acknowledge that you made mistakes and grow from it to me, Frazier and McDermott, like this is who they are, and I want a fresh set of eyes over there. They probably will not have the talent that they've enjoyed on that side of the ball, and they may have to get more creative because of it. And they may not rank as highly as they've ranked uh, for almost every year that they've been together. But I think a new set of eyes and some new ideas on that side of the ball are warranted because the, the personnel – is probably going to change and maybe dramatically if you're taking if you're taking Edmonds and Poyer out of, out of that lineup like those are two big kingpin pieces on that defense and I'm a little worried about what these coaches as presently constituted will do without those guys and still maybe try to play the same way um so I'm I'm ready for something new there I don't know when I stop wishing for that because nothing has happened yet and I, you know, I don't, I don't know when it will, if it's, you know, when it should, if it's going to. Yeah. What are they waiting for? Yeah. And they probably won't announce that they won't be making changes. You'll get, you'll get a list eventually of the coaching changes that they'll make. It's a, it's a big staff assistant, you know, whatever coach there, mm-hmm. there could be changes like that. Guys get promotions or get new opportunities. Last year, what happened was. Farwell left on his own. The caller Mike said they fired him. That's how I'd say it, too. They didn't announce that. They just let him go. They told him, probably, that he wasn't going to be back. He went and got a job in Jacksonville. What the Bills did announce, eventually, was his replacement in um, yeah, in special teams. And then they, later on, in like mid-February, issued another statement with a list of six or ten other changes. So um, maybe we'll see that again. The Sabres home to Carolina tonight on TNT. Going? Me, no. Me? Yeah, me? <laughs> me A no. Sabres game? No. I, I, listen, January was pretty busy. I think I was in there for three games um, pretty recently. So, yeah, Minnesota game, the Anaheim game, and I'm missing, oh, Winnipeg in between those two. Winnipeg. So I had a, I had a busy month, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not heading down there tonight. What about you? No. Okay. How come? So, how come? No tickets? <laughs> um, so you've been to three games, and they were all against Western teams. Correct. 
And I've been to two, and they were both against Western teams. Las Vegas, sorry, Vegas. There's no loss in uh, NHL Vegas. And um, they could use that, by the way. That could be like their slogan. There's no loss here. Mm-hmm. Only wins. Mm-hmm. Only Vegas. And Seattle. Those are the two games I went to. Yeah. And the Sabres lost both of those games, actually. they got to stop going. Yeah, I'm 2-1. and one. They won the Minnesota game in oh. overtime, lost to the Jets in regulation, and then beat Anaheim. Yes, the Minnesota game was maybe the game of the year. It was an unforgettable night being Huge. In, in, in the building. It really, really, really was. I wrote down an awful would you take. Not an awful. Like one where you, you could want to hit me. <laughs> you want it? Uh, Later. Hang on. Say, say, what time is it? I, I can get there by 10 after 5. <laughs> I'll, I'll push it back. Because after tonight, I'm, I'm leaving, man. That's it. I'll make sure it's right before we leave. Sabres in Carolina, Wednesday night hockey downtown. Pre-game at 6.30. Paul Hamilton will join us then. Sal Capaccio coming up before that, just after 5. With us, Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Welcome back, everybody. Cold but sunny today. Thanks for listening. The Sabres play tonight, home to Carolina. Just check the odds. You know, due to a lengthy period of inactivity, I was logged out of my account and need to log back in. After I did that, I was able to to determine that the Sabres are plus 120 tonight at home against the favored Hurricanes, but uh, they're not a huge favorite, and they win all the time. And they played last night. This is also Senior Bowl week, if you're into Mm -hmm. that. Yep. You're into that, aren't you? The Senior Bowl? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No doubt. I I follow enough people who are down there covering it that I get um, opinions and video attached to opinions and just playing video with no opinions, and um, I watch all of it. Wow. I mean, whatever crosses my feet, I, I look at it. I mean, not so much during the show, but prior to and afterward when I'm scrolling, I'll be looking. In fact, and I never got around to this, I, I saw a few clips today of a lineman named Cody Mock. Oh, yeah. And what I meant to do was to search to find out if he is related. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. To former Bills offensive line coach Carl Mock. Oh, because he he might just be a chip <laughs> off the old block. He might be a chip off the old Mock. Off the old Mock. Yep. Yeah, this guy like he put on eighty-seven pounds by eating um, uh, Stromboli's. That's the guy. 
I don't know that story. <laughs> I think that's the guy. <laughs> I don't follow the Senior Bowl as closely as you do, but I think that's the guy. Like North Dakota or someplace? Yeah, North Dakota State. Yeah, North Dakota State. Offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night I had my weekly fantasy football podcast with a guy you know well and admire, Adam Krautwurst. Oh, yeah. Called The Deep End, and... He wanted to talk rookies. I'm like, sure, you know, we just have sort of a, like, you and I don't even really do this anymore, but sort of a quick text exchange in the day, like, what? let's do this, this, and this. So, like, okay, yeah, rookies, of course. And then um, we it, we came to that part of the of the podcast, and it hit me, I don't know anything. Like, I don't, I know who Bijan Robinson is, <laughs> and Smith and Jigba, but I'm like not up to speed on the incoming skill position guys in the NFL. So I did a little bit of that today, and the number one wide receiver, perhaps at least, is Jordan Addison, who played at USC last year with Caleb Williams, but he was Kenny Pickett's guy at Pitt, and then transferred, now everybody can transfer, so he just went to USC for his, was that have been his senior year, or even his junior year, I don't know. But this was his senior year. It was? Thank you, Zach. I know I can count on Zach when it comes to college football. So Jordan Addison might be wide receiver one, maybe middle of the first round of the NFL draft. And Smith and Jigba, so massive year in 21, but hurt early, I think, the Notre Dame game this year, and then just like didn't really produce at all for Ohio State. But um, in the range where the Bills pick, and like right into the slot. And I think that's a very sexy idea because uh, we we want receivers and mm-hmm. they might be like right in the right range for him. Who knows? Somebody you could end up going top ten or something. But he he didn't produce as a senior with the injury, just sort of a difficult year. If it was a, again, I don't want to assume senior, but twenty twenty two, and so um, I I could be talked into him. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, Ohio State. Okay, yep. I've seen him play. I'd so, be a fan of that idea. So many receivers the last three, four years, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, it does not appear that this uh, Mock fella is related to Kara Mock. Hmm. Uh, he's got a uh, cousin who played on the North Dakota State men's basketball team. He's got an uncle who was a javelin thrower for North Dakota State. Uh, but his parents are Joe and Stacy. Neither of those appear to be Carl. No. Do you have a cousin or an uncle who was famous? Even if it means just throwing the javelin in college, I don't. Uh, I don't think I. I don't know. Do I don't have, think I have any of that. Do you no. have anyone in your no. family as notorious as somebody who threw the javelin in college? I, I got a cousin who played golf with OJ once. Yes, I've I met him. Kenny. Yes, yeah. That, that's uh, that, that might be the best. That's I, the... <laughs> yeah. I have to think about this. Do I have anybody like like that at all? I'm related to Daniel Boone. I know that. It goes back a little bit. Let me think. Since my question, I better come up with an answer here. Sal Capaccio after sports. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. Sabres pregame, 6.30 tonight here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.